0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we dive into the lesson for Sabbath, April 18, titled, Jesus and the Apostles' View of the Bible. Let's journey with Jesus and his disciples on the road
1: to a maze. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper, into this study.
0: Hey, Jesus and the Apostles view of the Bible. The memory text starting off with Matthew 12. And I, I love this. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live
1: by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Back to, you know, what a great lesson that we can have to explore you know, in Jesus, the very bread of life himself, inviting others to partake um, and recognize that there's just so much depth and richness, uh, spiritual food for us to, to uh, go into and dig into the Word of God.
0: Yeah, this week, the key word is make sure that you're not spiritually malnourished. Exactly. <laughs> you know, as I was, as we are going through this, since I was looking at this, I uh, even goes on talking about Sunday's lesson, It Is Written. It's talking about the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist, but then it goes on to... How does Jesus defend himself against Satan's temptations in the wilderness, and what, we should, what should we learn from this biblical account?
1: Well, great. Let's let's dive right in. Matthew chapter 4. I've got it pulled up here in my Bible. I'm reading from the Common English Bible, and I'm just going to quickly, I know that's a little bit of a longer passage than we usually read here, but I'm just going to read it quickly. It's not very, um, even though it's 11 verses, we can go through it quickly. It says, then, Jesus, then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness, so that the devil might tempt him. And after Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving, The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus replied, It is written, people won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. And after that, the devil brought him into the holy city, stood him at the highest point of the temple, and said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I'll command my angels concerning you, and they'll take you up into their hands, so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. And Jesus replied, Again, it's written, don't test the Lord your God. And then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, I'll give you all of these if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded, go away, Satan, because it's written, you'll worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And so the devil left him and angels came and took care of him.
0: You know, once again, we see here that we we answer this question how does Jesus defend himself against Satan's temptations in the wilderness? Mm-hmm. By the Word of God, yeah. He is the Word, right? He's and so the He's word. using the Word against Him. Mm-hmm. But I, I want us to no, take notice in this account: who is also using the Word? Satan. Satan is using the Word, <laughs> right? So we're talking about being spiritually malnourished. Mm-hmm. Just because you know the Word doesn't mean that you're going to use it correctly.
1: Yeah you know i remember going to an academic conference and there was a, a bunch of scholars biblical scholars and super smart you know they've written each had written a number of different books so i was really impressed and 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 they all looked around and said you know um I, you know conversion is is it real is it is it actually something you can experience and and so here they were experts in the knowledge of the word of god but they had never actually experienced it for themselves ah uh, ouch and that, that's a lesson to us today. Exactly. Uh, we want
0: to utilize scripture as Jesus did and definitely not as Satan does, right?
1: Yeah. You know, I think this is where a lot of Christians, it's possible to really struggle to have that intellectual knowledge. I mean, personally speaking, it, you know, as a religion teacher, as a pastor, it's easy to know all of these things, but to actually put it into practice. And so... Yeah, Satan, his angels, they know what scripture says, probably much better than a lot of us do. They've been around at it this a whole lot longer, but uh, this is a reminder that spiritual things are spiritually discerned.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is why we have to make sure that not only is it in us, not only are we living it, but also we're relying upon God himself to actually show us what it means. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so it says here, how can we learn to be just as reliant on the word of God and as submissive to it as Jesus
1: was. Well, you know, back to what we were talking about before, I think a big part of this is is that as we face challenges in our life, and right now we're all going through this pandemic with the COVID-19, uh, hearing it constantly bombarded on my news feed as I'm, uh, watch the news, Every this is what everyone's talking about and thinking about and, and so whatever challenges we go through, we have to remember that we have something authoritative that we can depend upon that's reliable so in the midst of so much chaos people losing their jobs, people getting sick, some people even dying we know that God's word is reliable that he uh, Jesus, the living word, has a word to speak to us and that uh, there is something reliable here that we can depend upon.
0: Yeah. And and just to add to that, which is not only see it as reliable, not only depend on it, but also make sure every time you read the word of God, you apply it to your life and say, mm-hmm. what biblical principle here am I going to start practicing that's going to bring me closer to God and, and, and more service to man as well?
1: You know, this is you bring up a great topic here uh Buster because I think this is it's easy for us to apply it to other people's lives yes here's everyone else that's falling short of how we think they should but the really the truly hardest challenge is to each and every day to surrender our life to God and say, you know, God, I want you to be in control of my life and and to surrender our will to his will. And the same thing with the word of God to say, you know, Lord, make me teachable. Help me to apply your living word to my life right now. What do I need to pay attention to? What do I need to change in my life to become more like you? Amen. Which in order to become more like him, uh, he gives us a set of laws
0: and it's talking about how Jesus interacts with the law on Monday's lesson. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 20. And I have it pulled up right here. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever, therefore, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You
1: know, there's a lot of people that... Uh, As we're thinking about this, they, you know, I was recently on an airplane before the whole COVID nineteen thing, and someone was trying to convince me, well, God's law doesn't apply anymore. God's law was done away at the cross. This kind of thing, and what this verse, this passage reminds us is, no, God's law is eternal. It represents God's character and His kingdom, and God is a righteous God, and uh, how God. Manages the universe, and 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 there we have a moral God that has you know, and so God's law is at the foundation. Yes, there are things in the Bible that point to the sacrifice of Christ, but that's talking about something different. Uh, but God's law is unchanging; it is truly eternal, and and I think that goes with the fundamental flaw that we have—that a common misconception, yeah—about God's law.
0: Yeah, it's it's a misnomer because. Once again, we have these layers, right? So one can hear, but one can then understand, but then one can actually comprehend. And comprehension is actually putting into praxis what we've actually heard. And there's a lot of people who just don't comprehend. And I, I'm one of those people, which is why we grow in our comprehension. We grow in our understanding, but the only way to grow in those is to actually have hearing. Yeah. And let's be honest, in the Christian world we live in today, There's so many people that have not dusted off their Bibles. They're not hearing, so then how
1: can you understand or comprehend if you're not even reading? Precisely. Well, and this kind of dovetails with the next passage that we have as we're going through the lesson here, uh, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And I'll go ahead and read that. I've got that uh, pulled up in my common English Bible. It says, he, that's talking about Jesus, He replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend upon these two commands. Wow. You know, if if only we put that into practice and actually live that out. Wouldn't that be? Yes. Yes.
0: You know, I, 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 one of the reasons why this draws me in is because when I get confused, when I don't understand, I try to put it in the framework of how is this bringing me closer to God and how is this helping me to serve man as I would serve myself?
1: Well, this is one of the challenges I think we're talking about an intellectual uh, knowledge of Scripture and Jesus makes it practical. And the same thing's true with the law of God. There's a way that we can keep the law but really have missed the point of the law and it's sort of like a i guess maybe the best analogy would be like a marriage you know you can say well i haven't cheated on you i haven't done these kinds of things (laughs) but but then your your spouse says well do you really love me and 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 when you see that the difference it's not just what you do or don't do it comes out of relationship. And when that relationship's there, everything else falls into place.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so true. And that's why we have to have a relationship with Jesus. And that relationship with Jesus improves all other relationships that we have. And it's important to put it put in that framework. Thank you for doing that, Michael. Uh, so speaking of that, Jesus and all scripture. So we, we find a very important story. Uh, one of my favorites there in Luke chapter 24 and I know we have a, we have it, have it pulled up here, but
1: can you just give me a little overview? Of what, what does Luke chapter twenty four share with us? Well, Luke twenty four, and this is very apropos because. Uh, as we're recording it, we're recording it a week ahead of time. So we've got Easter. We're looking ahead. And those of you that are listening will be just after Easter, but it starts out with the empty tomb, yeah, the resurrection. And um, and so here we have the scene of resurrection. And then I like how Luke basically is ending his gospel by talking about a walk Jesus had uh, on the on, on the way to a small little uh, village, Emmaus. And here are two disciples on this journey on this little road it's seven miles so you can imagine if they're walking maybe about two miles an hour that's what probably yep. a, a fairly average person's walking speed so that's a couple hours journey walking from jerusalem to emmaus and and they're discombobulated by everything that's happened with the death and resurrection i mean they don't even know the resurrection no, at this they point. Don't. but the death of christ and so uh, they're trying to make sense of this, and so as they go along, Jesus joins them. They don't realize that they're with Jesus, but Jesus joins them and they have this amazing discussion.
0: You know, I, I've actually uh, took out the the time. This the, the nerd in me, and actually broke this down in the Greek before. It's so beautiful um, of how Jesus is speaking to them. When it's when it's talking about he's expounding upon them the scriptures, and he goes all the way back for Moses and he talks about those messianic prophecies that he's bringing out. And it says that their hearts are burning within them. Yeah. And I I just looked at that and I said, man, that's what it should be like every time we have a devotional with Christ. Uh, When we studied this uh, uh, Sabbath school quarterly, it's not just for head knowledge, but our hearts should burn within us every time we have an interaction with Jesus.
1: You know, this brings me to the, you know, how do you read the Bible? If you just read it kind of artificially, you know, and, and memorize in outward forms and stuff like that. Uh, it's easy to just get into these kinds of basic rhythms. And, and it's not that those rhythms are bad. We all go through them it is a part of life, I guess. But but really, when we truly read the scripture and the Holy Spirit is giving us that eye self to help us open and understand, it should start to convict us and say, wait a minute, Michael, you need to change your life. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what? I, I love it.
0: That conviction that excites us mm-hmm. and actually drives us to say, I can't wait to go back. I yeah. can't wait to go back. It's not doom and gloom. This is joy. This is understanding. This is opening up our eyes. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want their eyes opened? And so this is this excitement
1: all leading to this. You know, it's good news when, you know, and that's what that these disciples needed on that road to Emmaus. They needed that word of hope. They needed to learn about the resurrection of Jesus. And they had not uh, figured that out, had not heard. Heard that good news but they as they walked with Jesus um, they couldn't help uh, like you said have their hearts burn within the, within them and I, I like this a certain passage in there it says they that Jesus uh, opened to them all the scriptures in verse 27 I think that's a key text yes. in this passage um, the things concerning himself and so Jesus not knowing it's Jesus but Jesus begins to go through the scriptures and and begin teaching them in a new perspective. And so um, I think that paradigm shift began to, I mean, it's one thing to know and have an intellectual ascent, but now Jesus is making it practical. He's making it real and applying it to their current situation.
0: You know, and he does the same thing for us. And I, I know we talked a little bit about, about it last week. Those who are worried about COVID-19, mm-hmm. those who have fear, mm-hmm. uh, Michael, you and I talked about this last week, which is even if death does come, uh, right? That's the have hope. that's, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. We still have the base, best case scenario because there's still hope in Jesus Christ. Indeed. And those of you who have lost loved ones or have
1: loved ones in the hospital right now, have that hope in Jesus Christ. And what a hope we have. And oh, by the way, there's one other word I want us to catch in verse 27. It talks yes. about opening the things, you know, that word, or sometimes it's translated interpreted like the RSV and it translates it that way. That word interpret. Um, is that greek word hermeneuo Uh, and we teach a class and go through here at southwestern adventist university as part of our theology program we like to emphasize the importance of what we call hermeneutics that's just a fancy word for how we interpret things and that's based on that same greek word in the bible so i like to point that out to people because jesus practiced hermeneutics that's what he's doing Hermeneutics properly understood and at its best is just what Jesus is doing right here in verse 27, interpreting hermeneutical to them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And, and the reality is, is whether we realize it or not, through our culture, through our background experiences, we all have formative experiences that shape our lens through which we view things but when um, we open our hearts to God's Word, we allow God's Word to begin to shape us. Amen. And that's what hermeneutics is it's uh, this process of communication back and forth, uh, of interpreting, understanding. The scriptures,
0: which is why we talk about uh, Hebrews chapter four, twelve. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, but it's also living, right? It is, and so that's why there's this back and forth. It's not just me consuming literature; it's actually me consuming and the scripture speaking to my life and helping me change for the better.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, this goes right to our Wednesday lesson talking about the origin and the history of the Bible, a number of different references to historical persons and events. And, and basically the bottom line is that um, the lesson is pointing out that Jesus considered the word of God, at least for him, that which course, would have been the Old Testament, right? Uh, that this was reliable. This was this living word that we're talking about, that it was historical and depicted real people and real situations through which God interacted with with people.
0: Yeah. He knew them. He knew their characters. Uh, Jesus was from the beginning. His incarnation was not the beginning of Jesus. Uh, Jesus was from the beginning. So therefore, he knows these men. He knows their characters. So therefore, he's going to speak about them as if they're real, because they were real.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And that's important for us to know as well, which is sometimes we hear the the children's stories and we're like, oh, those are cute. Daniel the lion's den, Joseph and his brothers, sold in slavery. No, these are historical accounts, which is why we have the the book of Chronicles, which is why we have at the beginning of Matthew, we see lineage and chronologies that are placed out Mm -hmm. to show us that these are real accounts, these are real people.
1: You know, I think this is one of the reasons why Seventh-day Adventists have had a strong emphasis on the importance of archaeology. Yes. And one of the authors of the lesson uh, for this quarter, Michael Hazel, is a world-renowned shout-out to you, Dr. Hazel, uh, world-renowned archaeologist. You'll see him featured on National Geographic and elsewhere. And this is exciting because uh, some of the, not because of what they're discovering about the Bible, new insights, veracity showing that. Maybe towns that the Bible talks about—that these were actual real towns—they're yes. actually able to find these things and find uh, evidences buried in the sand, literally in the dirt, uh, <laughs> where they are able to. And, and you know, some of our listeners may not be aware of this, but you know, some of our Adventist archaeologists—we have others at Andrews and elsewhere. Uh, there's a Horn Archaeological Museum. They've been able to make some pretty profound discoveries, archaeologically speaking. And again, this is not my area, but um, I encourage our listeners, you know, check it out. Um, The Archaeology Museum at Southern Adventist University and at Andrews University, the Horn Archaeological Museum. There's some pretty cool stuff that Adventist archaeologists are doing. And I realize probably most of the archaeological digs are probably canceled for the summer. But at some future point, if you ever get an opportunity... It's a life-changing experience to be able to go over and join one of these digs and, and you know, it's actually you're paying to yeah, play yeah. in the dirt, really. But yeah. but when done right and, and and seeing what other people have sacrificed to help accomplish has so enriched our understanding of the truthfulness, the veracity of of God's word, that, that these are real people, real places, real events that took place.
0: I, I remember our own claim to fame here, uh, Dr. Lloyd Willis. That's right. Uh, he found this seal and he's so excited about it. He tells it at every single class. And it wasn't until many years later that I understood why there's a King that's mentioned in the book of Daniel that people were saying it doesn't exist. That's how we know Daniel's fake. fake. Uh, and it was this ballast seal and Doctor uh, Doctor Willis, while he was over there in Israel, is digging around, and he found this ballast seal, and he's so excited because it's clearly uh, pointed towards this king, and therefore it proves once again the history, the historicity of the Bible. Yeah. And so we yeah. we ha- we have these accounts, and these happen on a daily basis almost as people are, are digging and excavating.
1: You know what I'm going to do is our facebook group that we have for this podcast it's just sabbath school rescue check it out sometime join that that group i'm going to post a link to some of these archaeological discoveries i know dr hazel just did a recent presentation that i reposted i'll put that in there so if any of our listeners want to check that out uh visit our facebook live or our facebook uh, page just sabbath school rescue really easy and by the way we'll just do a little shout out this next sabbath we're gonna do the same thing again through uh, April, while we're having all the stay-at-home orders across the country, people, there's you know not able to go to Sabbath school, not able to go to church. Check us out ten o'clock Central Time. Uh, what are we going to be doing? Uh, we're actually going to be uh, interacting
0: live with you guys, uh, having a live Sabbath school, and you guys can ask some questions. It'll be there on Facebook. Uh, we tried the Facebook uh, Duo. They actually remove that feature from understand. So we're going to practice social distance and actually be together at Michael's Together Michael's six house. feet apart.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, join us. We'd love to have you ask some questions, interact with us. And it's just a great opportunity.
0: Uh, you know, this c- continues to lead us forward, talking about not only Jesus, in the origin of the Bible, uh, origin and history of the Bible, but now the apostles in the Bible. And it asks this question, it says, What do these passages below teach us about how the apostles understood the authority of God's word? And you know what, I'll, I'll go ahead and start there with Acts chapter 24 through 26. It says, So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God, and with one accord said, Lord, you are God, and you have ma- who have made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has, have said, Why did the nations rage against the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against uh, against his Christ. It says for truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate were with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. And so we see here that this is an actual biblical account of the of the apostles saying, God. We recognize you as creator, is in there. We recognize you as power mover right there with, with David. We recognize you in history, being with the people. And now you're with us today. You're with Jesus. You are, you are God. They're with, there are they're with Herod and Pilate. You yeah. were there.
1: And I'll go ahead and give another example. I I know our time's going by quickly here, but Acts chapter 13, verses 32 to 36. I'm not going to read this passage. I encourage you to do so uh, when you get an opportunity. But it's quoting three passages from the Psalms. And the Psalms are really neat because many of them are Messianic Psalms pointing forward to the Messiah and different aspects of... So you have everything from Psalm 22, which points forward to the death of the Messiah and... Uh, And here are three examples of different Psalms, and the early apostles are seeing Jesus fulfilling that as the Messiah in his life and ministry.
0: Ah, You know, it's wonderful to see Scripture fulfilled, and let me tell you right now, if you open up your eyes and read the Word of God, you'll see Scripture being fulfilled even today. But we have to know the Word to see what's actually being fulfilled once again.
1: Well, I think we've made it through another week, so... This is uh, thanks for joining us again. We hope you'll join us again next week. This is Soup and Swoops signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and
0: provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.